All right, further ado, uh, our speaker is David Wildman. He's adult disciple intern, for the young, and he's a young adults leader. He's going to speak to us tonight about what it's important to have the young men in the church. Young men in the church are everything. I believe men are the backbone of the church. Without a strong men uh, leadership, strong men in the church, the church is going to fall apart. You guys are the leaders. If you're not the leaders of the men up here standing or volunteering, then you're wrong because you're volunteering or you're serving or you're doing something somewhere with your families, at work, in your communities, whatever. You're a representative of God. So it's important that we have these young guys are here with us tonight. They need to learn from you older men. You need to teach them. You need to be an example for them, okay? So without further ado, let's have David Wildman come on up. Thank you, Lee. Um, on your table, if you have not yet, I'll give you a quick one minute, that blank sheet of paper. Everyone hold that up when you got that filled out. So you need full name, one interesting or funny, it can be funny, uh, fact about yourself, uh, favorite band, color, and sport or hobby. Yes, you need all three, not one of the three. Um, or in the last one, if you could be an animal, what animal would you be? So I'll give you a quick minute, and then what I want you to do with that once you're done is make a paper airplane out of that. And then when you're done with that paper airplane, hold that up. And then I'll give you the next instruction. And does anybody not know how to make a paper airplane? It's okay if you don't know how to make a paper airplane. Someone at the table will help you. I'm pretty sure with the room full of guys, we know how to make paper airplanes, right? Remember, when you're done making the paper airplane, hold it up in the air. Let me know you're done. We got one. Oh, there we go. We're getting more. Here we go. Keep them up. Keep them up. Keep them. We got a few more here. Keep them raised. Do not throw them yet. <laughs> Fight all instincts in you to throw that airplane right now. Do not throw them yet. <laughs> Keep them raised really high. Let's see them. There we go. We got one from that table. I was starting to worry about this table up here. Like, we're, we got no people raising their paper airplanes up here. <laughs> we got one. <laughs> if you want, once you're done with your paper airplane, go ahead and stand up. If you want. I'll save your guys' arms so you don't, they don't fall asleep. Go ahead and stand up whenever you're done. What I'd like for us to do is make a circle as best we can in the room. Oh boy. <laughs> I think we all know what's about ready to happen here. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we doing here tonight? You might be asking, why is this guy making me write this stuff down? Why is he making me make a paper airplane? And then why are we about ready to throw these paper airplanes in the room somewhere? So... We thought, what's the best thing that we can do when we come to men's ministry to talk about young adults 
is let's do a little bit of young adulting while we're here. So when we get together at Connecting Points or in the Bible studies, what we really try to do is help the young adults engage with each other, build new relationships, get to know each other, find out interesting facts about each other. So we always have icebreakers that are happening at our events. We try to make sure that these are happening. So this will be a great way for all of us in the room to get to know each other. So what you're going to do, on the count of three, remember, count of three, we're going to throw the paper airplanes towards the middle. You're going to go and find a sheet of paper, start calling out that person's name, find that person, and then you're going to ask, you're going to get to know each other through these, this information, Okay. So on the count of three, and if you want to do groups of threes, however you want to do it, just the whole point is you got to get to know somebody new, all right? On the count of three, one, two, three. Oh, nice. All right. You can go grab one sheet of paper. It cannot be yours. Do not grab your own sheet of paper. Remember, find that person. You got, we'll give you 10 minutes. Move around, keep walking around until you find that person. Have you not found your person yet? Raise your hand if you have not found your person yet. They haven't disappeared, they're somewhere in the room. Keep, keep searching. Yell out their name really loud, who do we got? If you've met a new friend, you can go sit with them too. You don't have to go right back to your seat. You can go sit with your new friend now, too, if you want. All right. Well, we tried that out. An interesting story about that one. Not really an interesting story, but a kind of a funny story. I didn't know this could actually happen. We tried that out last Tuesday at the Young Adults Bible Study. Uh, and I lined them up, and I had them throw it towards, like, a, a trash can in the back. And somehow someone threw an airplane, and it actually went backwards. I don't even know how that happens. I don't get it. I don't know how that can, like, I just don't know the physics. I, I didn't, anyway, so we didn't have that happen tonight, so I'm glad. So I want to know the person that got their airplane to fly backwards. I don't get that, so. <laughs> so tonight, uh, before we get started, I have a video for you guys to watch. Uh, it's called the Millennial Manifesto. I want you guys to watch this and listen to it. Uh, and he has one important part that I want you guys to listen to uh, towards the end here, and then we're going to get going on our talk. So I'll, uh, I'll stop talking, and we'll watch this video. Um, this is a message from my generation. Or actually, realistically, it's just a message from me. <laughs> <laughs> Who's deluded enough to believe that he can speak for an entire generation, but... I hear so many negative things about my generation, the millennial generation, the me-me generation, that I hope this piece, poem, changes some people's perceptions. They say I don't get involved in politics, but I engage in politics on Facebook. I don't watch the news, because I get my daily news reports via Twitter. My religion, I guess it's best called faith. Because the only promised land I ever knew starting with a H wasn't called heaven, it was called Hollywood. The first and only royalty I ever acknowledged was the Fresh Prince 
and Queen B. The only place voting has ever made sense to me is an American Idol, The Voice, and The X Factor. We hashtag everything X collaborations, use abbreviations, and disregard punctuation, but so what? Because we migrated from the mindset of we have to, to we want to. So rather than know a lot about a little, we decided it was better to know a little about a lot. I guess that's how we create businesses online without having to leave our house. And yeah, we have apps to order pizza. We keep complaining about this world, but who's gonna change it? I mean, you keep criticizing my generation, forgetting who raised it. You either accept us or you reject us, but there's no way you're ever gonna deliver that message the way you address us. Cause you keep telling us to look up from our screens just so we can see you looking down on us, it seems. I mean, you expected us to cry when Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and were surprised when we didn't. Cause they're no longer waiting for all of the king's horses and all of the king's men to put him back together again. Instead, we made scrambled egg whites out of Humpty Dumpty that evening. Because apparently, we're the lost generation. So can you blame us for finding something to do, whether it's twerking on Snapchat or creating Kermit memes? That's none of your business. Because the world is no longer yours. We took away the wise and created our own path, so now it's ours. I said the world is no longer yours. We became the generation Y before you could ask it, so now it's ours. So whether it's cupcake machines, cannel computers, or driverless cars, we don't believe in war unless it's on World of Warcraft. We don't have time to care about your race or sexuality. If they don't make sense, we question the rules. Because we believe that rulers are meant to be broken. And maybe we're still keeping up with the Kardashians because it's better than that other reality TV show that you called the news. Can you blame us for actually wanting to learn something that we can apply in real life in schools? Things like not to step into a red circle wearing red shoes. <laughs> I mean, I grew up watching the magic school bus. How do you expect me to believe I can never learn anything inside the classroom? I said I grew up watching the magic school bus. I learned there's only so much that you can learn inside the classroom. We are taking over. And here are our demands. Not that you finish everything on your plate, or brush before you sleep. No, it's simply that you listen. Because it's a new day. And even though we grew up in different generations, we're facing the same disguise of different situations. So instead of you guys saying, I was once young like you, so I know exactly what you need to do, you need to think about it. Is that the kind of reasoning a younger version of yourself would have responded to? Because if you allowed yourself to take a sip from the fountain of you for a second, you'd see that we're really not that different. What if I replace IBM with Apple, encyclopedia with Wiki, emails with letters, iPads with ledgers, all the wise men you ever knew growing up with Google? Maybe if I replaced Obama with Bill Clinton, Messi with Maradona, Rihanna with Madonna, you'd have a better understanding of our way of thinking. Because you see in this world there is yin and yang, yang. There's positive and negative. For every plus, there's a minus. So maybe if you focus more on our multiple successes, we wouldn't be as divided. Is my generation the worst? Yes, probably, if I'm honest. But he without sin cast the first stone. I mean, at least give us an opportunity to grow. Did you know that it takes 1 billion to 3.3 billion years to create diamonds out of stones? So give us time. Because you can't expect a caterpillar to transform into a butterfly overnight. Because this is the millennial generation manifesto.
And this is our only demand. Listen and learn to trust us before you judge us. Sully Breaks, hashtag Team Millennial. Thank you very much. So he has, a, he has a good point there. Give us some time and let us learn. But I want to share with you guys one thing that we do at Young Adults Bible Study is we do this thing called word work. And we take one word and we just study that word. And we, d- we dive into that word. So tonight, we're going to bring a little bit of that into, uh, into the men's ministry here. And tonight's word is valuable. So why are young adults valuable to the church? So what is valuable? A thing that is of great worth. Think through that. Why is a young adult valuable? Why are they of great worth to the church? So where do we need to go next? We need to start with the end in mind. What's the end? The end is that they are our future leaders. I saw a stat the other day on millennials. Did you know that by 2030, 75% of the workforce will be made up of millennials? Stop and think about that. 2030, 75%, look around. That means 75% of this room will be millennials. That means 75% of the workforce will be millennials. That's them taking over. So we have to start with the end in mind. They are our future. Like it or not, they are our future. They are going to make up and shape the world that we live in. So, where do we go next? Bad news, we only have 10 years. That's not very long, is it? As you get older, you start to realize, I'm, so I'm not super old, I'm 36, although I feel old, I have a five-year-old, and For whatever reason, I feel like every time I blink, half a year goes by. Time seems to go faster and faster and faster. And it seems like I'm not catching up with this thing. So bad news, 10 years. That's not very long, right? I mean, let's be honest. 10 years goes by in real quick. So 10 years from now, 75% of the workforce is going to be made up of millennials. That means there is a whole lot of people influencing these millennials and the generation, what they call the Generation Z, below them. We can be the ones that influence them. We can influence them for his good so that we could shoot for making 75% of the workforce. Wouldn't this be amazing? Stop and think. Wouldn't this be amazing if 75% of the workforce was out there working for his glory? That would be awesome, would it not? So let's work with that. So bad news, 10 years. We can do this, though. We got 10 years. So good news, though, age is not a qualification. How many of you have been told in your life that you can't do that until you're X years old, right? Go ahead, raise your hand. How many of you have heard that? When you get older, you can do that. Maybe in 10 years when you mature, you can do that. Well, guess what? Age is not a qualification. So we can get started now with this generation. We can get started now influencing them for 
his good. So what if age is not a qualification, then what makes up a valid future leader in the church? So we turn to Titus 2. If you got your Bible, let's go ahead and open those up. If you got your phone, you can pull up the Bible app, you can swipe to it. Uh, yes, I do have my Bible. I had to check on that one. Whew. Anyway, so Titus 2. So Titus 2 says, Be worthy of respect, sound faith, live wisely, be filled with love and patience. So suitability of character of God's call determines future leaders, not age. In order for them to be suitable characters of God, we have to help them be worthy of respect, sound in faith, live wisely, and be filled with love and patience. It goes two ways. Not only do you guys, the men of Brookwood, Brookwood men, sorry, <laughs> uh, Brookwood men need to be sound in faith, live wisely, love and patience, but we also have to help them grow in that. And that's what he was saying in that video. Give us time. Help us grow into those people that you want us to be. So Titus 2 goes both ways, but I also want you guys for, for, for something to read when you go home later this week. Also read Titus 2, 6 through 8. You can go ahead and write that down. That's a further, further study on that. That would be a great way to jump into that. So, two-way street. See, guys, the one thing I want you to know is that in a year of being here at Brookwood, in this position, working with young adults, I started out with Brookwood men. Uh, I happened, happened to walk through the doors of a Brookwood Men's Ministry Leadership Team meeting. And I remember meeting Gary McKay. Now, some of you might not know who Gary McKay is. Some of you do know who Gary was. Gary used to be on, heading up the leadership here at Brookwood Men. And he looked up at me, and I just remember, like, vividly walking through those doors, and they all looked at me and were like, oh, a 30-year-old walked through the door. <laughs> and it was just like, uh-oh, <laughs> what did I just get myself into here? <laughs> and they, they go, you're going to bring the young adults to the Brooklyn Men. And I was like, uh, no, I, I just signed up. I thought this was like a, just come and find out a little bit about leadership here in <laughs> Brooklyn Men. Uh, but anyway, so we had a lot of great conversations about what does it mean? Where are we going with this? And I remember one night, we were sitting there talking in the meeting, and they kept saying millennials. Oh, you know those millennials. Oh, the millennials. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was, finally I stopped, and I said, hey, guys, let's stop real quick. I have a thought. Let's not call them millennials anymore. And they were like, well, what are we supposed to call them? I go, let's call them what they are. They're our future leaders. And they were just like, they looked at me and they're like, that is great. So we got to start with the end in mind, guys. Remember, we have to be thinking. They are our future leaders. They are of great worth to us. So we want to invest in them. We can't wait for them to show up. We have to go find them. A lot of this 
ministry, I can tell you, in the young adults, there are great people, great young adults, just hungry for his word. We have some of them here in the room tonight, and I'm not going to point them out, but I think you guys can see them. Uh, but I've gotten to know them over a year, and man, I can tell you right now, they are blowing me, my 20-year-old me, out of the water right now, because <laughs> I was not living that life, and they are way steps ahead of me. And so if we can capitalize on what's already started here at Brookwood with the young adults, imagine what the future of Brookwood looks like. Not to say that it isn't great here, because it's an amazing church, we have an amazing church here, guys. But we can make it even better because God has bigger plans, better plans, and he's working in all of us to do that for his mission, for his glory, to advance his kingdom. So back to this. Two-way street, YAs, what are they? They're smart, they're creative, and they're cutting edge. Isn't that what every sales pitch is in business, right? Right? I've got the newest, smartest, most creative, and most cutting-edge thing in the world. And we're all like, yes, I want that. Bring it into my business. Well, that's what we should be saying about the young adults for the church. Elders. I couldn't think of a better name. Sorry. Elders. <laughs> what are you guys? You're relational, you're influencers, and you're respectful. We both need each other. Young adults need you guys to help them curb some of, that, some of that attitude, some of that, hey, I'm smart, you need to listen to me, I'm cutting edge. Help them be relational, help them be future influencers, help them be respectful. So it's not that young adults, we need the young adults, we need you guys just as much as we need the young adults. It's a two-way street here. So... The best way, and at the end of that video, he talked about something. He said, listen. When was the last time you heard a young adult say, please listen to me? <laughs> listen. I thought that was so impactful. I got to the end of that, and I just was like, I was waiting for him to say something just off the wall. But he said, listen. And I was just like blown away. Because I have a thing that I use, the three L's. How do we engage young adults? What do we do? If I come up to a young adult, what am I supposed to do? I don't know what to talk to them about. What do I do? Well, we just did something, did we not? Did we throw airplanes? Did we get to know each other a little bit? So that starts with listen. Listen to them. Keep asking them questions. Hear from them what they're saying, what they're going through, what their life's like. Keep pulling the information out of them and keep listening. That leads us to learn. Through doing this, we learn more about these people. We learn their struggles. We learn their, their successes. We learn where they're coming from, what's influenced them. Then, finally, when we get to this point, the third L, love, we're better equipped because we listened, we learned, now we know how to show God's love to them. But we're already showing God's love by listening and learning to them. But we can properly influence them, love them, equip them with his word. They'll be more apt to listen to you guys because you first took the step to listen and learn from them. 
So you don't have to come up to a young adult and have the craziest thing or talk their slang or dress like them or any of that stuff. All you have to do is come up, be relational, listen, learn, and love. It's that simple. By doing so, influence, you start leading. By the time you get to here, you're influencing them and you're leading them. You're steering them in a direction. Have you thought of this? Hey, have you looked at this in God's word? Hey, can I pray for you today? Hey, how about you come and serve with me? All those things lead you to influencing and leading them. So, the passage I want us to look at is Matthew 4. Let's turn to there real quick. Matthew 4, 18 through 22. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two, brother, two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. So I, I'm sure most of us have heard this passage about the follow me, come and follow me. But I want a little note here on this passage that they were already following Christ. They had already been involved in his ministry for a while, and they had left to go back and do some of their own work, what they had been doing before Jesus came along. But Jesus went back and got them and grabbed them and said, hey, that's not the work I want you to be doing. I want you to come and follow me. The big thing about church and the millennials is that they're saying that the millennials are walking out of this church left and right. They're just leaving as fast as we, they can. Well, what do we need to do? What does Jesus do? If they're distracted and they're leaving, we need to go grab them and say, come and follow me. I will, make, I will transform your life. I will help you experience a transformed life and pursue a relationship with Jesus. We can't just sit by and hope that they show up at church, guys. I know that it seems that easy. We should just put on events and they'll come through the doors and they'll be here. But what happened to you? Most of you guys are here because someone invited you to be here, right? Or you got an invitation, or you got an email, or somebody might have texted you to come tonight or in the past. Why can't we do the same for that next generation? Why can't we say, God, put it, I want you to put this on my heart. I want you to put that young adult on my heart, that one person, just spend one year Seeking out and building into that one young adult. And if the first young adult you come along kind of blows you off, that's okay. Don't let it be the end. Pursue after them. Run into them again and say, hey, I remember you. We met that other time. And ask them how they're doing. You have to keep pursuing them. You have to keep going after them. Keep pulling them in. Keep inviting them in. I can't tell you, 
I spend most of my day in my nonprofit job and this job just texting and calling people and emailing them. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? What can I do? The best work I could do for ministry is spent most of the time on this phone. So when, it, the gener- when the society tells us that this generation is not connected, man, they are connected. They are on this phone, so let's attack them where they're at. Let's go after them where they're at. Don't look at this thing as a bad thing. Look at it as a tool that God has given us to influence this next generation, to go after them just as Jesus went after, went after these guys, Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and James, and pulled them back in, said, come with me, and they dropped everything and followed him. We have to give them the reason to follow them. But in order to do that, they have to know us. We have to, they have to, you guys have to listen and learn from them. Same thing that's been done for you before. So, some things I want you guys to write down real quick. Just a great reminder, and I, ha- I have these written down for myself. I use this for ministry, just with everybody. First one is, we must support, not fix. We are not here to fix anything We're here to support what God is doing in the lives of these people. And the last one, respect is earned, not demanded. That was a hard lesson I had to learn when I was in my 20s. I wanted people to respect me, and I was demanding that they respect me. And guess where that got me? Fired from a job. It got me nowhere. And then someone came along and said, remember, respect is earned, not demanded. You have to show up and give a reason why they should respect you. Same thing with the young adults. Why should the young adults respect you guys? Why should, vice versa, why should the young adults, wait, why should the young adults respect you and why should you respect them? We have to find out. We have to listen and learn and earn it. So, I'm sure you're wondering, why in the world does he have a mountain bike up here too? (laughs) You guys have been staring at this for a while now. And I want to give you guys some action steps coming off of this. So, what am I supposed to do? I'm going to leave here. I'm going to go home. Most of us are probably going to watch the game tonight. Are we not? It's a good game. Seattle 49ers. All right, I guess we don't have any of those fans in the room. I know, I'm in college country, not NFL country right now. So anyways, so we're going to go home, but I'm sure there's there's a question I want, just keep asking this question. What am I going to do? How am I going to go after the young adults of Brookwood? What are the things that I have available to me to pursue after these young adults? This is my tool. I can't tell you the number of stories, the amount of people that have poured into me, the things that, the places I have gone because of this one thing. This mountain bike has spanned nine years, not this one, no, not this one at all, but the mountain bike has spanned nine years of my full-time ministry. I have ridden beside, talked to, 
been poured into, gone to Honduras, all over the country, riding, getting to know people, all for his glory, because I let this become my tool to engage and talk to people. So what is it? What is your thing? Maybe it's woodworking. I saw here we got the whittling. Maybe there's somebody out there that wants to learn how to whittle, a young adult. What is it? What is your tool? Look around tonight when you get home. What is one thing that you're passionate about that you feel like you could engage with a generation that would help you to start a conversation? Guys, I have helped guys through divorce with this bike. I have sat and ridden I don't know how many miles and let a guy just, just pour it out, just get it all out and helped him seek God and pursue God instead of just being frustrated. That's one story. There are many more stories from this one bike here, guys. And not only that, this one bike actually got me involved at Brookwood. I just happened to send an email one time. Hey, I mountain bike. Can I help out at Brookwood? I see you got a cycling club. And then now we have a mountain bike club. It's as simple as that, guys. I want you to go home tonight and find out what's one thing that I feel like I could invite somebody into and show them this one thing and we can have a conversation around to engage with some young adults. Actually, I want to give you two things, two action items. This Sunday, when you're at church, if you feel like I see a young adult over there, I want you to go up and introduce yourself to them. And just say, hi, I'm so-and-so. Who are you? Just begin a conversation with them. Or flip that one. Go sit somewhere else <laughs> at your service on Sunday and see if you run into a young adult. I know that's one of the, I actually challenged the young adults to do that one time, and I, it felt like they were just like, do not make me move from my seat that I sit in every Sunday. Do not do that to me. <laughs> Actually, I made my wife do that, just so, okay, I asked them to do it. We got to go do it. Oh, that was rough. <laughs> but it's when you do that, you're opened up to a whole new set of people. You all of a sudden seen people you didn't even know were going to Brookwood. And there might be a young couple or a young adult that might sit down next to you, in front of you, or behind you that you can begin that relationship with. So guys, let's remember, start with the end in mind. They are our future leader. They have our great youth, are of great worth to us. We have to do the process. I left that out right here. Good news, a.k.a. the process. One of the best things I ever learned from an endurance athlete was, in order to get to the end, we have to do the process. If I know that I have to run 26.2 miles, well, guess what? I have to take X amount of steps in order to get 26.2 miles. I can't, do, I can't achieve 26.2 miles until I've done all the running in between. So we have to, in order to exceed and achieve the end for his kingdom, we have to do the process. We have to seek them out. We have to not let these little hang-ups get in our way. We have to see them of great worth. They are value to us. They are very valuable to us. 
And I'm not just talking about the men, young adult men of Brookwood. The ladies, too. They are of great value to us. And they bring great creativity and cutting edge to us. They actually have been helping me on my phone, and I'm 36, so <laughs> if that makes any sense to you guys. So, um, so we got some questions for you guys tonight on the table. So you guys are going to be talking about. Also on your table, there is this handy-dandy little sheet for you guys. What I want you guys to do is tuck this away. You can fold it up, put it in your Bible. Put it somewhere that you're going to run into this thing. Maybe in your car, uh, in a folder on your desk, on your desk, on your wall, tape it to your wall, whatever you're going to do. This will help you as you're engaging not only just with your guys, with the men of Brookwood, but also with the young adults. This is just kind of a marker. How am I doing as I walk through the discipleship process? How am I, are we achieving and moving these people through these different things? So this is just kind of a hand, just kind of a handout, helpful tool, just kind of help see, okay, I think we're, we're achieving these things. We're getting them there. So keep this. This is something for you guys to hand, keep in mind. On the back, though, is the Brookwood tree. Let's not forget that we are at Brookwood, and what are the values of Brookwood? We want to experience, help people experience a transformed life, by pursuing a relationship with Jesus. How do we do that? Love people, love God, live like Jesus, and then communicate with God, connect with Christians, care for others. So just a good reminder to keep that there. Uh, and then we'll get some questions going. And on there are cards. This is what's happening with the Brookwood Young Adults. If you guys want to volunteer to help out the young adults, uh, we need... Disciples. We need people to disciple the young men. Uh, we need people that just want to volunteer, help out with the connecting. We have a connecting point coming up uh, this Sunday. Uh, we also have a hike that's going on on Saturday, so you can come and be a part of that. Now, that would be really weird if the whole room showed up, but <laughs> if hiking's your thing and you want to do that, we'll be Saturday. Uh, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We'll get this all shared to you guys in a follow-up email and just ways you can engage and be a part of this. Uh, if you have thoughts uh, or questions about this generation, the young adults, and how you want to help them, I am here. Uh, you can email me. Information's on the cards. We'll send that out in the email, too. Um, and we'll get you guys plugged in, help you guys out with getting engaged. But remember... What's my tool? What's the one thing that I can engage people with and talk to and have a conversation around? And then also, the challenge, go find a young adult this Sunday or move seats. Now, don't accuse me if it goes horribly wrong. <laughs> if you get there and nothing happens, don't accuse me. No, it'll be great. I have yet, when I do those experiments, I have yet to not be disappointed. I always find somebody new to talk to and engage with, so uh, I want to challenge you guys in doing that. So I want to thank you guys for listening to me. If you've got questions, I'll be here. I'll be hanging out with you guys for a while. So uh, let's pray, and then you guys can get into the questions. Lord, we just uh, we can't thank you enough for your constant pursuit of us. 
just always there for us, always present, always planning and knowing our next steps. We thank you that you're just, you're available for us to just pray to, seek guidance, be strengthened by. Lord, we just lift up the, the men of Brookwood, Brookwood men, to, uh, to you as you uh, have a plan for these young adults at, at Brookwood. We ask that the young adults uh, just keep pursuing after you, keep seeking that knowledge, keep seeking after just what is the will that you have in their lives and help us to come around that, come alongside them and grow that and help them pursue that, Lord. And it's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. If you were encouraged by this message, you can learn more about our men's or young adults ministry at Brookwood by visiting brookwoodchurch.org forward slash adults. Or you can contact David Wildman at 864-688-8289. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.